Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Mr. Money in the Bank, Matt Story. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Me and Brock Lesnar. I get to come in at the end of the match and climb the ladder. Do nothing else. So, Matt, everything was going fine. The NBA was in the part of the year that you're supposed to care about actual basketball because this is the goal. The goal's not the offseason and to win free agency. Right. The goal, in theory, is to win your conference yeah, you and win sure? the ten. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sure that's accurate anymore, but but I think it should be. But hypothetically, that is how it was supposed to be. Yes, yes. Uh, but the big newsmaker is a guy who no longer has a job in the NBA. That's right, that's right. And a franchise that hasn't played a game since, what, mid-April when this regular season ended. But, uh, you know, we, we can't stop talking about him. Last week it was the Knicks with the, you know, with the draft lottery and all that. Now it's the Lakers with, with Magic making waves yet again for the second time this offseason. So Magic goes on ESPN, which, first of all, why? Couldn't he just do this? <laughs> yeah. Couldn't he have made these statements in a loading dock like he's comfortable? Um, well, he could have. He could have. But, you know, let, let's not fool ourselves. One, he's got a former business relationship with ESPN that may not work for all that much longer. I mean, he could go back tomorrow if he wanted to. Um, and it, it, you know, it gets him a, gets him a platform and they gave it to him. Yeah. Well, so he goes on and he said that Rob Palinka was the backstabber. Yeah. Uh, and that he wanted to fire Luke Walton, but the business side got involved and blocked yeah. him from firing Luke Walton. And he decided that he wasn't given the authority he was supposed to. None of this, by the way, is stuff yeah. he said. At the no, time, he quit. not much, not much. He alluded to you know people working behind his back did not did not call out Rob Palenka, and in fact tweeted shortly after his announcement that he and Rob Palenka had a great working relationship, and he you know wishes him all the best. And yeah, he's changed his tune now. Yeah, apparently that relationship's not great. Not great. No, no, and and you know that's okay. I mean, it, you know that's fine. I just think. Um, I, th- I mean, you know, you and I talked after he after he quit, and he did quit. You know, I know people who are magic people don't want to term it that way. He resigned, he whatever. He quit. He quit on the team. Um, not the first time he's done that, by the way. Remember when he came back to coach and quit after like 20 games? Um, you know, so, so magic's got a track record of kind of giving up after a short amount of time uh, since his playing career. Um, but this just was, was so cheap. And, and even if everything he said is true, it just it, sh- it could be handled with so much more class than than the way he's handled it. And, and uh, did you read the Ramona Shelburne story that basically sounded like it was Jeannie Buss's story, but didn't actually quote Jeannie Buss? Um, certainly seemed like she was the source for that story today. Ramona Shelburne is Jeannie Buss. I've never yeah, seen them they, in the same place. <laughs> I think... Uh, I think she's got it in with, with Jeannie, and, and, you know, good for her. That's what reporters are supposed to do. Um, and since Jeannie has been, you know, uh, missing from the public eye for the better part of the last year, uh, you know, and doesn't speak publicly about anything, I guess this is the best we're going to get. And, you know, interesting for, I'm going to say Jeannie Buss, even though it was Ramona Shelburne who said it, to bring up, you know, go all the way back to 1981 when, when Magic took out Paul Westhead and basically, you know, basically got him fired. I mean, you know, there's really no disputing that. He 
he got Paul West at can because he didn't want to play for him anymore. Um, you know that that's very that's going into the wayback machine and and says there's there's some animosity there I think yeah um, and there should be there, I mean there really should be well they built him a statue yeah they've and let him forever. they've let him come and go as he's pleased yeah exactly exactly yeah I mean you know she bears responsibility for this because she gave him the job. And apparently, from the stories that have come out, is he told her then, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be in the office every day. I make more money being magic than I can make, you know, doing this. I'm not giving up my other business interests. Um, and she gave him that responsibility with that admission, which was not smart. Uh, but, you know, then he also he also bears some responsibility, too. I mean, they both do. They both led it to this point, And I just think... Uh, it's, it's been interesting how I believe, maybe I'm wrong, I believe Magic has been treated with kid gloves by the basketball media. Um, when, let's say Mitch Kupchak had done this a few years ago when he got pushed out the door, oh, they'd be railing on him, and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, Magic, I want to say, went out because he wanted to tweet more. Right. This was his that most, was part of it. This was his most yeah. recent tweet. Four hours ago, we're recording it. It's the third quarter of the Bucks game. Okay. So four hours ago, getting my skinny pop popcorn ready for Milwaukee versus Toronto! <laughs> exclamation point. I think I'm going to go with sea salt and pepper. Period. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's good. You know, and hey, when you're when you've achieved the status that is Magic Johnson, you can do that. You know, we, we talked about this when he left. He has the ability to say, I don't like this, and I'm not going to keep doing it. Most people don't have that ability. They're stuck in a job they don't like, but they got to find something else. Magic doesn't. He's got tons of money. He's got revenue streams coming in from all over the place. He doesn't need a Lakers job. Um, and so quitting it was one thing, but, you know, I, I the big problem I had was, you know, to quit in public without, you know, notifying your, your boss or anybody that you were going to. Um, but now to go on TV for an hour with Stephen A. and Max Kellerman, the lowest common denominator on first take, and you know take out everybody and anybody except LeBron James, which I, I love LeBron and I'm you know I'm glad he you know came to LeBron's defense, but boy he just set fire to everything else there, and I just don't see what he really gained from that. Uh, sadly, his tweet wasn't the worst take, by the way, on Twitter today. I don't know if you saw the Wall Street Journal's tweet. <laughs> about the Warriors? The Warriors would not be yeah. a dynasty without Steph Curry, <laughs> Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I, hope that the story, I didn't click on the story. I hope the story explained that better than the headline because, yeah, that was, that was, um, it was accurate. Uh, I mean, you know, I guess yeah. like we, we get upset about things that are said that are stupid. It wasn't stupid. It was accurate. Yeah. But it's, it didn't need to be said. It's up. My favorite response take was Joe Posnanski uh, tweeted: "The Beatles would not be a legendary band without Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw 
whoever had, you know, the first response that popped up, because I, I clicked on the tweet because Fo Polini retweeted it and said, agreed. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and the first response was similar to that. Crosby, Stills, and Nash would not be a great band without Crosby, Stills, or Nash. Um, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, that I don't really know. That, that was a magic S tweet. It really was. Yeah, magic would tweet that. You know, the key to the Warriors dynasty is Durant, Curry, Thompson, Green, and Iguodala. Like, yeah, thank you. Good, good point. Good analysis. Mm-hmm. Something that but, uh, I, not a huge basketball fan, could also conclude. Could agree with. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I just, I, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I texted you this morning. And, and you know, because I read The Athletic, uh, Sam, I think it's Amick, as I'm pronouncing that mm-hmm. right, wrote a story that tore down Magic and really took him to task for what he did. And I, you know, that's when I texted you because I thought, boy, this is the first voice i'm seeing say this um and i haven't seen much else now i've read every single person's take on things and to be fair but you know magic's done a great job over the course of his time in the limelight of currying favor with people in the media and becoming friendly with people in the media to the point where no one's really going to take him to task all that much because they're his friend um and 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 i think he is getting the benefit of a double standard here like i said if if Mitch Kupchak had done exactly what he did, quit at the end of a season and then go on TV a month later and talk about how terrible the organization was, I think he'd be getting ripped left and right, and appropriately so for you know being a bitter old man who you know should just go out with class. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's the right move too because you know you he survived. A, a scandal when he yeah. you know left the league and right. he learned right then that all of the you know interviews and the generic mm-hmm. quotes he gave and you know the the general availability without getting into any sort of specific thing right. made him safe and oh yeah oh yeah yeah magic knew how to play the game of of media and did a great job with it and we've seen other guys do it since um you know i i would say steph curry is is a good example i would say brett Favre is a good example um you know they they've uh they they have a knack for making these media guys feel important and so then when the rubber meets the road and they may deserve some criticism they're more likely to not get it than others um not really i'm i mean it's not a bad thing but it it just it's uh as somebody and you and I both, you know, come from a background of, you know, being trained in the media and, and kind of looking at it with a little bit of a critical eye, it, it frustrates me because, I mean, I watch PTI every day and I know, and to his credit, he owned up to it yesterday, but Wilbon has a bias. Wilbon is friends with Magic Johnson. I can't trust him to give me impartial analysis. Yeah. Bill Simmons, is the, Bill Simmons is the same way. Right. You know, right. they worked you know, on... Yeah. Uh, countdown together yeah the pregame show yeah and so the yeah, ringer yeah. makes fun of his tweets but they don't go super right. duper hard on him leaving. no no yeah yeah i mean i just think you know i think magic's done a great job of of you know in general um making people i mean magic's a, a very magnetic personality you know i he just is he's you know one of those people who like when he walks in the room he you know pats you on the back and you know hey how you doing you know and and People love the charisma that he brings. They have for about forty years now, and I think you know it's it's that uh, 
sort of swooning that, you know, media members do a lot. Like, oh, it's magic. You know, magic's my friend. Like, uh, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but they think he is. And so they're not going to take him to task when he should be. Now, that doesn't mean you should, you know, tear him down and say he's the worst person ever. But he deserves to be criticized for this, and I think he's skating on it a lot because he's magic. Mm-hmm. I and I thought that before the you know the TV segment yesterday, um, but even more so now. Who has a better situation, Magic Johnson being magic, or Larry Scott getting a five hundred thousand dollar raise <laughs> for not closing the TV deal and having the network That's a good lose question. people? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. Probably Magic, um, because you know he's got he's got glory to, to fall back on. Um, you know, the thing about the thing about Magic Johnson is, regardless of and you know, again, you, there's a laundry list of things since he retired that haven't really gone very well for him. But it doesn't matter because he won five championships. He brought Showtime to L.A. He was the face of the '80s Lakers, which you know, and, and really the face of the NBA along with Bird. So it doesn't matter. Magic's bulletproof for the most part. So that's, you know, that probably gives him the trump card. But, but yeah, old Larry Scott's got a, got a good gig with a few people who like him. Magic's got a lot of people who like him. Yeah. Larry Scott apparently just has the right people who that's like him. That's what I was going to say. Magic has a lot of people who will protect yeah. him. But Larry Scott right. has enough Pac-12 <laughs> university presidents. The right powerful people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they may, they may be, you know – Somewhere between six and twelve of the only people in in the nation who really like Larry Scott, but they're the right six and twelve, and they keep him in power. I guess. I just want to know how he does it because we we are losing money compared to other conferences. I know. I know. And he's yeah. being paid yeah. more, and our rent is higher, and our network is worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. In all honesty, I I don't. I mean, I, I my only guess can be that. Um, you know, these guys and a few of them are, have gone by the wayside, but Crow is certainly at the forefront of it. Crow and apparently the guy from Morgan State, Ed Ray, I believe is his name, are the guys who, who brought him in and they they will ride or die with him, apparently. Um, they're, they're not going to admit the mistake. I mean, we not that either of us know Michael Crow, and I'm glad I don't. But, you know, we've we've been in the cauldron of Michael Crow and, you know, he's got a giant ego. And so he's not going to be willing to admit, you know, well, this guy's not working out. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, it is not his style, and he doesn't care about sports. He doesn't really, no. I mean, he does more than he used to. When he first came here, he had a a pretty public enmity, I believe, toward athletics. Um, That's changed, you know, because I think he's realized, like, this is is not the Ivy League. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this is... This is the Pac-12, and and it's uh, no matter what you do with the Barrett Honors College, it's never going to be a you know a bastion of academic excellence. It's a state school. That's okay. You can get a good education at a state school. I think we did, but it is what it is. Well, and um, it's not just that it's a state school. It is the largest school in the Pac-12 yeah. and one of <laughs> yeah, the biggest exactly. schools in the country. Right. Right. You know, and and with that, not very strong or strict um, admission standards. I mean, you know, it's it's not all that hard to get into ASU. Let's face it. You know, um, now, you know, we worked hard and we got scholarships and I'm proud of that. But just to get into ASU and graduate from ASU ain't that hard. Um, You know, and and I think he's 
realize that to an extent, realize that athletics are a part of things. But, but yeah, I mean, at his, at his core, I don't believe he is a guy who, who views, um, you know, college football and basketball as that important. And that's different from a lot of, a lot of university presidents who do, uh, you know, I mean, remember, uh, the dude from Ohio state, Gordon there anymore. right. You know, said basically, you know, I, I, you know, well, I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but basically, you know, I work for Jim Trestle. He doesn't work for me. Like that, that's a different mentality. One that Michael Crow will never let happen at ASU. Oh, for sure. It is. It and is. that's maybe okay. I mean, there, there are downsides to letting your coach become so powerful. Uh, you know, a la Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden, you know, places like that where the football coach or basketball coach basically runs the school. There are downsides to that, but the upside is usually you got a pretty darn good program. That's why they get that powerful. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday. Yeah, I mean, under you know, head like, coach Antonio Pierce. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean, you know, as 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 I say that, like, um, you know, Dick Tomey, who. You know, sad news recently, you know, de- recently deceased and a great coach from, from our time. But he never had that power in Arizona. Bruce Schneider never had that power at ASU. You know why? Because they were never that good. They had a couple good years, each of them, but, you know, they, they weren't Nick Saban. They weren't Joe Paterno. You get that power through excellence. Yeah. Meanwhile, I believe Dabo Swinney has tenure in the philosophy department at Clemson. Getting that way. <laughs> yeah, it's a very much getting that way soon where Dabo, if we're not already there, uh, runs Clemson and does what he wants when he wants, including say that, you know, he doesn't want college sports to become professional. <clears throat> you know, Which is good because he's I, cashing I $9 million. million a year check. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, definitely don't want that. But, uh yeah, that's a different subject, I guess. But but yeah, old, old uh, Larry Scott, you know, as long, I mean, I hate to say it, but Crow may be the one who's mostly keeping him at the forefront of things because I I don't feel like there's a uh, tremendous you know resistance toward him, and so they're just letting those guys run the show, basically. Mm-hmm. Matt, I want us to turn our attention briefly. To Sal Point Athletics. Okay. Sal Point wins baseball and softball. Yeah. Had yeah. Steve Sarkeesian on campus to recruit Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Has Lathan Ransom racking up offers from perennial powerhouses. Speaking of people who should just own the school, Doc Benet at Sal Point. I know, I know. Well, and, and let's not fool ourselves. I'm sure if we were there... And it was kind of like that when we were leaving, but certainly since we've left, things have gotten better and better. I'm sure Doc Benet does run the show there in a lot of ways. Never, never going to be, you know, acknowledged. But if Doc Benet wants something, he gets it. I'm sure. Uh, if he wants to get a kid into school, that kid probably gets into school. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's not a lot of things that he's left wanting on because he's great. He's built a great program there. Mm-hmm. It but yeah, it's a it's a heck of a year for them. I mean, at least five team state titles. I don't know if they won any more. Um, but yeah, baseball, softball, boys and girls soccer, and I think girls cross country won the other one. So pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of the top five 2020 football recruits are playing at South Point this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In I the mean, state, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, 
it's it's a different era for those guys. I mean, you mentioned this not too long ago, um, and it's very true. You know, when when we were there and the years shortly after, there weren't. You know, yeah, we were very good. We were winning a lot of games, and we had you know our junior year was the year we went undefeated in the regular season, and you know got to that upset in the quarterfinals there. But you know, had some very good teams, but did not have guys being recruited by you know, the blue blood programs of college football. And that is certainly happening now. I mean, I, I, I'm going through his timeline. So we know about Robinson. We know about Ransom. Jonah Mayer, right. 10 D1 offers as of May 10th yeah. of this year. Yeah. Bruno Fina got his 11th D1 offer on May 11th. Um, they, they should be able to run the ball on everyone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this should be a very dominant team this year. Uh, against you know Tucson competition now, you know we get into the state tournament and and potentially into this open division thing this year. And I, I don't know how heavily they're going to weigh six A versus five A versus four A because um, I know last year the way it was going to be calculated had they done that was I think the five of the eight were going to be from six A. South Point would not have gotten into the top eight last year, you know, and they had a great team last year. So I don't know how that's going to factor if they get into that swimming upstream to actually win a title. Um, but yeah, they, they should be very good. And if they don't get into that open division, figuring Saguaro will, they really should win the state title. It'd be a disappointment not to. Yeah. It's amazing what he has I mean, done. Considering they've lost, what, twice the last two years and both to Saguaro, I believe? Maybe one, maybe three times and one was to a to like a Texas team they played or something like that. Yeah, they haven't lost to any other Arizona teams. I don't believe in the last two years, besides twice in the final to Solaro. It's really something. The yeah, the, the way yeah. I mean, look, soccer was always dominant. Tennis sure. was our sport. Um, but to be dominant, we were we were kind of there for the swing between basketball and football. I mean, when we were freshmen, basketball was the program. You know, Brian Peabody, and and every year they had, you know, a, a fairly big recruit. I mean, maybe never at the level that football's got now. No, but D1 but guys, guys, Daniel Waddy yeah. to Santa yep, Clara. Yep. and Right. You know, Vern Tanella, I believe, went to New Mexico. Demir went to Texas Tech. Demir went to Texas Tech, yeah. So we, you know, but then it was, what, after our junior year, before our senior year, that Peabody got let go. And Benet had taken over the football program our sophomore year, and that was that was the change of the guard. Really, we didn't know it at the time, but you know, basketball's still been good. They got to the state championship game, I know, a couple of years ago, but they've kind of lost their perch, and, and football has become king around there. Mm-hmm. It's really quite something. It is. It is. Well, and, and you know, Peabody used to be. I mean, I, I remember when we were freshmen and sophomores, Peabody was, was hallowed ground. Like, you know, if you didn't like South Point sports, you hated Brian Peabody because he got everything he wanted. And he didn't teach there. And, he, you know, uh, there was there was some resentment toward Peabody, I know, around South Point. Um, and, and I bet that's the way it is now with Benet. I bet you there's a lot of people at South Point who, who look at Benet and think, yeah, you know, this guy thinks he owns the joint. Well, that's because he does. Yeah, it's it's great. This is it's I mean, you it know bother me at all. Yeah, it's yeah. what I, I'm, you know, I'm fine with it. Look, it's what being a Carmelite high school is. 
You, That's right. You need to be good at football. You be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you, you know, you should be good at a lot of sports. In all honesty, I mean, you don't. You're not. You're not uh, bound by you know district alignments. Not that some of the public schools up here really are anyway. If you you know really look into it, but um, you know, you get anybody from from anywhere uh, as long as they get into school there. Which again, I would be willing to bet have no evidence of this that you know some football players have gotten into school that maybe otherwise would not have if they were not football players but that again is is life i mean it, we've talked about this in a lot of scenarios talent takes you a long ways and it opens doors for you and talent at things that people care about and people care about football you know and they, they don't care as much about you know people who can write well and so you know you and i we had to earn our way in there and earn our way through there because, you know, people don't go out on Friday nights to watch guys write newspaper stories. Yeah. True. <laughs> but, they, but they do go out on Friday night to watch guys play football and just the way it is. Yeah. And God, Arizona is tame compared to some states with their, their lust and appetite for high school football. Now, do you think that the two if, if you could get both guys if you could get Robinson and Ransom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would you offer the doc a, a coaching spot if you wanted sure it? sure as a you know at that you know quality control or or you know position coach or something like that yeah why not now i mean the the schools that are after these two guys don't have to do that no, but if, I mean, if we're talking about ASU, if that was an option, and it doesn't appear to be, because um, it appears both both guys are ready to go out of state from what from what it seems. Robinson basically said so, um, but yeah, I would. I mean, why not? It happens all the time. Uh, you know, again, the, the best basketball player we've had here, maybe ever, certainly in our lifetime, came here in large part because we gave his high school coach a job. Yeah. It was more than worth it. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if I if if they said, would you, you know, would you want to see that done again? I'd say, uh huh. I'd, I'd answer yes before you finish the question. <laughs> yeah. If you ask any ASU fan, would you sign up for that? Yeah. You know, knowing Absolutely. what you know. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's been uh, a way of doing things for you know thirty some years now, going back to Danny Manning. Kansas 35 years I guess since he was recruited there um, you know and, and it's happening more and more so yeah if he wanted it now I you know we've we've discussed this it doesn't appear that I mean I'm not knowing him and not having spoken to him you know about it ever um, doesn't appear he's got interest in that because if he did you think he would have jumped at the chance already he would have had the opportunity before now yeah so maybe it- he's content to be you know the the man, it's his alma mater. He has a great team every year. You know, now not, this would just really be to me to if this was your. This would be his last. Yeah, yeah, you know. that last group. Yeah, yeah, but I think those guys are probably going to end up going different places. I mean, who knows? They they play obviously very different positions, so um, you know they could end up staying together. But they're being recruited by any anybody who's anybody. In, in college football, I mean, when you got, you know, both of them with Alabama after them, there's there's no, I mean, even though Clemson's the reigning champ, 
there's no bigger program in college football right now than Alabama. So if Alabama's after you, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's you've got Alabama, Florida, you know, and basically all of the SEC involved on these two yeah. guys. Yeah, Ohio State, I know, is is one of the teams after Robinson for sure. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's hard to turn those down. I mean, you you know, I, I texted you with that story of, of Robinson, you know, basically indicating he was going to go out of state and the places he was looking. And it, it's just it's hard for ASU, as, you know, as both an ASU and South Point fan, uh, you know, it's hard for ASU to win those battles. That's very difficult to out-recruit Ohio State and Alabama and those type of places because like we were talking about last week when we talked about potentially, you know, letting guys make money, it's not an even playing field. But, you know, we are we are competing against teams and programs that just simply have a lot more resources than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... That's the main stuff I wanted to touch on. Is there anything you want to touch on? Well, the only thing, uh, you know, and I, I, I mentioned it before we talked, but, uh, you know, it appears that we might get a little Fab Five flashback to Jawan Howard maybe taking the Michigan job. I don't know about you, but one, that makes me feel old because I remember the Fab Five playing there and saw them play in Tucson when they were, the you know, sophomores in college. But cool if it happens. I hope it does happen. Um, you know, it'd be it'd be cool to see him get that opportunity. Yeah, I thought they would go with Ed Cooley. I know he withdrew Boy, from the search, but and it's it's really interesting. And that's another reason I want to bring it up. Like, did I miss something that Ed Cooley became a really? I mean, he's done an okay job at Providence, but Michigan's been in the national championship game twice in the last decade. Ed Cooley, what, I, like, where'd that come from? From Ed Cooley's people, it's the same as uh, it's the same <laughs> as guess. when uh, Mike Norvell was not interested in uh, whatever it was the Oklahoma job. It's like really right, was, right. was Oklahoma interested in Mike was Norvell? Oklahoma interest, I mean, you know, he's done a, a solid, fine job at Providence, and admittedly, you know, it, you can't really compare the two because again, apples and oranges. Providence, you know, is not Michigan. You don't have the same resources. You're playing in a totally different conference, different budget, different everything. But, wow, I read that yesterday and thought, huh? I, I mean, you think – I realize the timing is a little awkward for Michigan. They're not going to get their pick of the litter because it's it's May and, you know, the college hiring season is over basically. But, mm-hmm. wow, Ed Cooley? I mean, you know, now you could say the same about Jawan Howard. He's never coached college basketball. But at least he's a young up-and-comer assistant. He's been in the NBA. He's, a, he's an alum. You can see the appeal. But I read that and thought, you know, to be to be one hundred percent honest with you, I read Ed Cooley's name on Twitter and it said something about him going to UM, and I thought, oh, UMass has a job opening. I had no, I mean, and then I kept reading it. I'm like, wait, we're talking about Michigan? Ed Cooley to Michigan? I, I mean, I was I was floored when I read that. Yeah, I mean, it is a it it was surprising. You know, Providence had a fine year. Yeah, I mean, he's done okay there. It's not like he's been terrible, but boy, I would have thought that Michigan, I mean, when the initial rumors when Beeline left was what, Billy Donovan and Brad Stevens, and admittedly that's nothing but media creation, but it was, you know, swinging for the fences, guys who've won national championships, final four appearances, to Ed Cooley, I'm like, whoa, what happened here? (laughs) Yeah. 
I, I also have a problem, which is half the time when I first hear someone say his name, I think they're saying Ed Rooney, the principal <laughs> from Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and that would have been only moderately more surprising than them <laughs> potentially hiring Ed Cooley. Uh, and again, that's not to insult him at all, but it just I thought, wow, really true. I mean, I'm not making that up. I saw something about UM, and I and I I don't know why I thought of UMass. That was the first association I thought was like, oh, he's leaving Providence for UMass. Okay, you know, whatever. UMass used to be really good. And, you know, okay. But then I'm like, wait, UM is Michigan? I did not see that coming. It would have been funny but, if now he takes the UMass job or something. The UMass job, which I don't even know if it's open. It's probably not. I'm sure it's not because, again, it's May. Most jobs are filled. But, uh uh, yeah, I, I don't even know why I thought that, but I was, I mean, I was floored when I saw that and thought, wow, that's that's where you're going to end up. But he got himself a contract extension out of it. Bobby Hurley gives that thumbs up seal of approval because he did the same thing with the St. John's job. So, you know, good for them. It's the smart play. If someone will talk to you, you it probably is. turn it, it into more money. Absolutely. But it's not professional sports after all. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're in amateurs, for, the, Matt. for the good of the game. Yeah, the love of the game and student-athletes. But, yeah, you got a chance to squeeze another $100,000 out of the school you're in for maybe three more years. Why not do it? Well, it's also a capitalist country. Like True. Uh, hey, I got no problem with it. Go for it. But, it, you know, it, then that old hypocrisy comes to play when, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely not professional. Now, where's my money? It it does hurt when you start trying to apply logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you know, Bobby Hurley has never said that, um, and I don't know if Ed Cooley has, but, you know, most coaches go to that. Well, you know, we, we can't have it become professional sports. Now, excuse me while I call my agent and, you know, have him, have him float my name out there for another job so I can get a raise from the school I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we will be back. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs, which appear to be going at least six in the East now. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, figure out who's going to play the Warriors, who get an extended break so KD can rest before he uh, goes to New York. Right. Comes uh, back, and if they lose a game, then everyone's going to say they don't need him, but he's overrated. Mm-hmm. Because they don't, and he is, if you listen to right. Sports Talk. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prisoners of the moment. Yeah. Uh, but until next time, he's Matt, I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.